Welcome to another fabulous, fantastic, amazing episode of My Orgasmic Life. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Gaia Morissette. And today's show is called Sickness, Death, and Marriage. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so uh, we're going to get into a fairly heavy conversation um, today. Uh, so, you know, I just want to, you know, we're going to talk about sickness, we're going to talk about societal belief systems, we're going to dive into death, we're going to, we're going to talk about some heavy stuff. So if you're like, looking forward to my light and fluffy version of me, uh, today would not be the day to tune in, <laughs> go find another episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So before we get started, uh, the first thing I want to do is, um, so this is going to be a part one. There's going to be three parts, three parts to this uh, episode. The first one is available uh, on my Orgasmic Life podcast, which is a free and available on all the podcasting platforms. Part two is going to be how to respect others' choices in life or death, even when you don't agree with them. <laughs> Okay, so that's for all of my Patreon people. Um, so if you want to add part two, you'll have to become a Patreon member for as little as $5. And then we're going to do part three for my Patreon people, which is self-care for the partners um, and the loved ones of the person that is sick or dying. Okay, so again, content warning, this is going to be a heavier conversation. Okay, so let's start with why am I inspired to have this conversation? Well, last week you might have noticed that I didn't do an episode, I didn't put out an episode, and that's because Lady Bunny, aka my husband, is quite ill actually. And, um, and while he's going through his illness, um, I have been pushed, my, uh, my comfort levels have been pushed, my belief systems have been pushed, my judgments have been pushed, societal expectations of me are being pushed, guilt is being pushed, all these things are coming up to the forefront. And like always, my commitment to you guys is to live fully, completely, balls out, ovaries out, and then share my insights with you guys. <laughs> okay, so, so here it is. I'm still in the thick of things, and these are the insights and the beautiful gifts that uh, this experience has given me, um, and I hope it inspires any of the listeners. So let's start with society first, okay? Let's start with, and actually before I get into this stuff, I want another content warning that's really important is I really want you to observe as I start speaking where do you buy into societal norms? Where are your judgments sitting around beliefs around death and sickness and marriage? Okay, so I really, this is an opportunity. So I'm going to talk about societal norms, and then I'm going to talk about my own belief systems. Um, and from that place, uh, you might be inspired. But if you're not inspired, I do lovingly, lovingly, don't hang up on me today, okay? Wait until the end. 
I lovingly invite you to take a moment to look at some of the beliefs that you may be carrying that in the event that a loved one is gets ill and in the event that a loved one dies, um, being able to be able to respect their beliefs, respect their wishes, um, it's really important to know what your beliefs are so that you can check them at the door so that you can truly be there for the people that you love, okay? All right, so let's start with death. Dun, dun, dun. So as a society in North America anyways, we are terrified of death, terrified. We do every, almost every choice we make is to, in the hopes of avoiding death at all costs. We avoid talking about death. We avoid looking at death. We avoid embracing death. We avoid it like the plague. Actually, even worse than the plague. <laughs> because the plague brings death. So we will avoid that too, okay? So it's really important so why are we so terrified of death? Well, there's our natural human instinct, which is survival. You know, we kind of have these built-in lizard brain, you know, core values of fight, flight, or freeze um, in order for us to not die. So it's, it's, there's a, a survival tactic inside every one of us that exists. So that's kind of like, so our nature is to survive at all costs. So death is the opposite of survival in what we believe death to be. So that's part of, that's kind of like on the deeper cellular level, our fear of death. And then depending on what you believe from a spirituality standpoint of like what happens after death. You are very welcome. You are very, very welcome. Somebody thanked me for, so I'm just going to read a, a comment from somebody who's with us live. Thanks for always having the courage to have these hard conversations. I'm a firm believer of the right to self-determination. Thank you. And you are welcome. Okay. So where was I? All right. Death. So why? So that's one of the reasons we're afraid of death because we're supposed to be afraid of death because we have this built in mechanism of surviving. Next, we have our belief systems of what happens when we die. So it depends on your spiritual practices and your after death beliefs will have how much how comfortable you are with death. So if you believe that nothing happens after death, you die, you die, that's it, then the idea of it stopping for all existence is harder to swallow and so there might be more fear of resistance to death versus a belief system say in reincarnation where uh, a person believes that the soul changes bodies and changes forms throughout you know many lifetimes so you die you get reincarnated into something else you have you learn your lessons you die you get reincarnated each life you're supposed to learn more so that you evolve you keep evolving as a soul 
Okay. Then we have, you know, Christianity where we believe in, or, you know, other religions where we believe that there's like an afterlife and that afterlife could be heaven. It could be, it can be called many things. Valhalla, it can be called many things, depending on what that belief system is. So what typically happens is that when we believe in an afterlife or a reincarnation possibility, it's not as finally final as when you die, you die and that's it. And so there's a sense of emotional comfort. So there's not as much fear of death, but there's still the fear of death as a, a society. And we don't want to talk about it and we don't want to embrace it. And it's not something to celebrate in our culture. Other cultures have all sorts of death practices around celebration and honoring of the dead. Okay. So. That's the first one. Now, here's my belief system. And again, this is my own belief system. So if this doesn't resonate with you, that's totally okay, right? Again, I show up from my perspective and sharing my perspective with you guys. So my belief system is I believe in reincarnation. And so therefore I can, you know, when death happens, it's not final. Um, death happens and we move on to the next phase and uh, next journey and the next path and the next teaching lessons. And, and those are what I believe. I also um, am able to connect to the dead um, and speak with the dead. So for me, death isn't as final as somebody else. Um, you know, I have conversations with my dead grandma who, you know, her belief was that she went to heaven. And so that's where she ended up. <laughs> so I can have conversations with her and my dead dad and all these other things. So, so for me, death isn't that same final, 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 final stages of existence. So it's a little bit easier, not a lot easier, but it's a little bit easier for me. Okay, now let's talk about, and why am I sharing all of this? I'm going to get, I'm going to tie it all in. I just want to talk about our societal beliefs first, and then I'm going to talk into why I'm talking about this. Okay. So the next one I want to talk about is marriage and sickness and suffering. Okay, so again, all of our belief systems, none of anything that I share. So when I'm talking, it's from my own perspective, my own perspective. And if something that I say doesn't necessarily resonate with you, that's okay. I'm not asking it to resonate with you. Whatever it is that you believe is what you believe to be true for you. And that's all that matters. This conversation isn't about this is what's true and this is what's not. This conversation is about how do we navigate being able to be supportive of somebody we love when they are sick and dying. That's the purpose of this conversation. And how do we navigate that from a place of respect and love and compassion and understanding and giving the person that we love the respect, whether we agree or disagree is irrelevant, okay? So I just need to 
remind you because when we start when I start talking about beliefs and religion and these kinds of things it can get really heated and people can feel very passionate about their beliefs as those beliefs for them are true and I'm not saying that they're not true they are true for you that doesn't make them true for everybody okay so let's just clear the air about that <laughs> okay so now Let's talk about, so the next one where, so that was deaf. We did really well. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. Next, we're going to talk about another really, really loaded uh, conversation is the cult of marriage. <laughs> okay. And our beliefs about what marriage means and what it means in different cultures and different societies are different. But in North American society, and this is all I can talk about is from my own experience. Um, we have been taught recently, not always, only recently, that marriage is about from sickness with, you know, for, you know, we are in this for sickness and health. That's part of one of the, the traditional vows to death to hurt through sickness and thin, through poor, through wealthy. We're in it together forever. And so there's a belief that that's one of the reasons that you marry somebody, that you marry somebody so that you have them to that you know that they will take care of you when you're sick. And that's the societal belief that we have that we've been taught as a truth behind that. And that the more you sacrifice the more you suffer within your marriage, the more you prove that you love your partner. Okay, so that's kind of the belief system that we've been all taught from a monogamous mindset. Now, I'm gonna share with you my belief system. And again, here's a reminder, this is my belief system. It doesn't have to resonate with you, but this is how I move in the world. So. I am legally married, but I am ethically non-monogamous. So I have more than one, and I'm polyamorous, and I have more than one person that I love dearly and have deep relationships with. And currently, my husband is very ill. And so this is why this has been brought up to the surface. Now, before we got married, I had a conversation with him because he had... CP, COPD and a rheumatoid arthritis, blah, 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 blah. Um, and he's much older than me. And we had a conversation and the conversation was when he, when we decided we were going to get married and we decided we were going to get married because for legal purposes, he loves me. And because we have a non-traditional relationship, there was lots of things that only married people have certain rights to that if you are not in a traditional legal marriage, legally married, you don't have those legal rights. And in a lot of those legal benefits and benef marriage benefits and marriage rights are, you know, around death and sickness and, and all these kinds of things. So he really, we, we were grown uping and adulting last year and working on our wills and, you know, going to the lawyers and all these kinds of things. And I found, we found this all out. And for him, it was very, very important 
in order for him to show me that he loved me, he wanted to know that I would be taken care of in the event that he died because of his health. So that's why we chose to get married, okay? We loved each other, but we didn't need to get married to prove that we loved each other because of the type of relationship and the types of people we were. We got married for those legal reasons. And he's very dear to me and I very much love him, but we have a very non-traditional relationship. So before we got married, I said to him, we need to talk about in the event that you get sick and you are sick, what are we going to do? Because I am not going to take care of you. And I know that's, if you're like, oh my God, Gaia, okay? So again, this is my journey, my expression, my experience. This is about two consenting adults, having a conversation, being radically honest. So I'm gonna take a moment to talk about radical honesty. So I've been consciously practicing radical honesty and extreme personal growth consciously, extremely for the last three years. And a big part of radical honesty is saying the things that no one wants you to say. <laughs> but it's what you're thinking and it's what you're feeling. And being in relationships can be challenging when we don't, we aren't honest, but they can also be a little bumpy and a little uncomfortable. And some very uncomfortable conversations happen when you're in a relationship where radical honesty is the forefront of the relationship. And so in my marriage, it is the forefront of our relationship. So I said to him, I'm not taking care of you. I'm not going to wipe your ass. That's not sexy. Um, so what process are we going to put into place? And we made an agreement that uh, we would hire somebody to do that care if that needed to be happening. So we had already discussed what that would look like. Now let's fast forward. We are now in a situation where he is sick. And his request of how he wants to handle his sickness is he wants me to go live my life and to for us to pretend it's not happening. He wants me to be happy and he wants me to go live my life and he wants me to go spend time with my lovers and go do things as according to as I would normally do. And so this is causing a lot of distress within me because of our societal programming. My societal programming, just like everybody else's societal programming, is even though I don't live conventionally, I still have a programming that says, when your partner's sick, you're supposed to be there holding their hand and, and you know sitting by their bed and going to the hospital with them and doing the tests with them and doing all that stuff as a sign of showing that you love them. But what happens when your partner, who's the one that is sick, doesn't want that. And your partner is the one that wants you to go live your life and to not be in a place of misery and suffering. And that actually you being in a misery suffering place actually causes them more distress than you going off and living your life while they deal with how they want, how they choose to deal with being sick on this verge of sickness. 
So that's brought up because of societal norms. That's brought up a lot of shit, which I'm going to circle back around in a second. All right. Whew. That was hard to admit out loud. <laughs> it's out in the world now. No take backs. All right. No judgment. No judgment. Again, judgment is not ideal. It's not supportive at any level. Okay, the next piece that I want to talk about from a societal norm is grief. The more grief and the more misery, the more after someone dies, after someone dies, the more misery, the more suffering, the more it proves how deeply you love them. And so this is like this, this idea really kind of prevents us from like celebrating the person's life and and being happy for all the gifts that they brought to our lives and and being able to you know enjoy living after they've died because like people who really love you don't want you to be in misery and suffering and this is one thing that I've like been really looking at is that my husband truly really unconditionally loves me he really wants me to live life to the fullest. He wants me to be happy. And when, if and when he dies, eventually he will die. When that happens, he is very clearly stated, I do not want you to mourn and grieve and, you know, suffer and not be happy and, you know, not continue to be your sexy, you know, ethically slutty self. And he's like, I don't want that. That, that will make me sad and disappointed. And so again, whew, that's really hard because we're taught from a societal standpoint that you're supposed to be devastated by somebody dying. You're supposed to be devastated while they're sick. You're supposed to be devastated about them dying. You're supposed to be devastated about losing them. And, you're, and the more devastation you are, the more it proves in our society how important they are to you and how much you love them. So if you happen to be happy and ease with their death and okay with death and knowing that death is just another part of life's journey and all of those things, what that looks like on the outside from a society standpoint is that you didn't love, don't care about that person at all. When actually it's the opposite. The more you celebrate, the more you live life, the more you embrace everything that that person brought to your life and made you who you are because they were a part of your existence. That's an honoring of that person. That's love. That's connection. That's unconditional acceptance. That's all of these beautiful things. Okay. So I brought up all of these things because I've been on the receiving end of a lot of judgment recently. And from people who love me very much and know me very well, and yet their own stuff has been really projected onto how this situation is going down between me and my husband. So I've been spending a lot of time with one of my lovers and exploring and being happy and enjoying life and, you know, and feeling, and, and at the same time feeling guilty and feeling bad about it. 
because of, you know, societal stuff that I was programmed with and trying to process it and trying to not feel guilty because this is what my husband has asked me to do. It's not how I would do it. And that's what we'll get into in part two, which is how, how do we respect other people's life and death choices, whether we, even when we don't agree with them. And so that's going to be part two that I'm going to go into for all my Patreon people. Okay. But so here's what's happening as I'm trying to honor my husband, wish his, his wishes, live life as I, you know, to the fullest and not feel the guilt and the shame that I, society says that I'm supposed to feel. And then healing all of those things, trying to process things and move through that stuff with myself. And then reaching out to some people in my life who are, you know, close to me. And I've gotten things like, so where have you been? And, and these are people who know me really well and, and also know that my partner is not feeling well and he's sick. And so their, 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 their challenge is not from a like, oh, we miss you. It's like, where have you been? It's a judgment. And in that moment, and these people are not monogamous and they're kingsters and they know who I am and the lifestyle and the relationship dynamics, all of the things, even they are falling into our societal beliefs that I'm supposed to be suffering now. I'm not supposed to be living life to the fullest. I'm not supposed, I'm supposed to be around. I'm supposed to be dropped everything in my life to be there for my partner, blah, blah, blah. And so I had to turn to them and say, well, I've been distracted with another boy because that's what Lady Bunny has wanted me to do. And again, there's all this resistance and judgment, societal, external stuff from people who are close to me. The other one was I had, uh, you know, somebody who I had a conversation with the other yesterday who has known me for my whole life. <laughs> We've been best friends since we were like 11. And, you know, we have very different belief systems around marriage and beliefs around marriage and monogamy and, you know, this ideology that, you know, is through sickness and health, like you're supposed to be there no matter what. And so when I was sharing what was going on in my life and what was going on with my husband, he was mortified and started to challenge. Now, he wasn't challenging me, but he was challenging his own beliefs around the idea that, well, what's the point of getting married if that person isn't going to be there for you when they're when you're sick? Like that's that's one of the rules. It has to happen. And even though I explained to him that we had a conversation about that wasn't how it was going to happen and before we got married. And this I'm respecting my partner's wishes on how he wants to handle this. And so it was, you know, us talking about it and him being really upset. Until I finally said to him, while I was crying, saying, hey, buddy, I need you to not judge right now. Like, this is not what I need from you. What I need is from, from you is some support and some compassion and some love about I'm struggling with how I'm going to handle all this. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, he was awesome. He's like, I'm so sorry. You know, I just got into this whole headspace of this philosophical conversation. And, you know, that's my romanticized version of life. And, you know, I'm just trying to imprint. And I'm like, I get it. I love you. You know, okay, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> I 
need you to hold space for me. He's like, absolutely. So it's been a really interesting and transformational and deep, deep, deep um, possibilities of human growth around death, around marriage, around grieving after death. Um, and so I really hope that this episode helps you maybe look at where do you, where do your belief systems, where are your judgments, where do you believe, what do you believe is that is absolutely the right thing and anybody else, because like those three topics around death, marriage and sickness, and how you much you grieve after you die, after somebody who you love dies, those are deeply ingrained inside us. And part of my radical honesty practice is looking at my own, radically honestly looking at my own stuff. And I have beliefs and I have values around, you know, how much you need to fight and what you're sick, what you're supposed to do. And there's all these things that I have beliefs on that are my beliefs and in the event that when I get sick, then I can ask for from the people who are my support system. But it's not my job, not my responsibility, and it's unfair and not loving. It's actually selfish and self-absorbed for me to impose those beliefs and those judgments on, first of all, the person who is going through the sickness, and their journey and how they want to do things. And uh, just because that's not how I would do it and it makes me feel really uncomfortable and it's not comfortable for me on any level. So I need you to make it easier for me. And it's not, that's not, that's not unconditional love. Unconditional love, and this has really been beautiful and hard, but unconditional love is about honoring and respecting and loving and accepting who that person is and their belief system, no matter what. And so that's what I want to leave you with today is where do we impose our values or impose our belief systems on the people who are closest to us and we sell it as love? We sell it as if you love me, you wouldn't, you would do what I want you to do. And it's ugly. It's not pretty. It's ugly and it's not easy to look at. And it's very uncomfortable to admit. There's lots of things I wish my husband would do differently because it would make me feel easier and would make this process more comfortable for me. Hands down. But to ask that and to desire that and to try to force that as an issue makes me self-absorbed and narcissistic and incredibly selfish and not unconditionally loving my partner or my partners in this case right now we only have one that's sick so yeah that's good <laughs> okay so that's what I want to leave you with now if you want to learn out oh, second actually before I, I go the last thing I want to say is that by us knowing what our judgments are and our belief systems, it's also when we are supporting, we need to let go of our judgments and our belief systems so we don't impose it on the people 
that we love around us. So not just the person who's sick, but say you're supporting the person who's sick and the caretaking team that is supporting that person's illness and while they're going through their stuff. If we don't know what our bullshit is, our beliefs are, our values, then we can't truly unconditionally be supportive of those people who need our support even more because of what they're going through. So please look at where your judgments lie. Please look at asking the questions of what can I do to support you? What do you need from me? Do you need me to listen? Do you need to, a shoulder for you to cry on? Do you need, you know, for us to just go and get drunk? Do you need us to go have sex? What do you need? What do you need from me to be there while you're going through this experience? I love it. So uh, one of the audience says, well said, honoring the values of others is hard. The, commit, the comment of it not being comfortable for us is spot on. Thanks for being so open. You are very welcome. And thank you for sharing your insights. Okay. So if you want to know how, how do we do this? How, how do we go from, okay, we now know that our values and our belief systems uh, may not be in line with the person in front of us and they're not doing what we want them to do to make things more comfortable for us. And we know that in order to be unconditionally loving and supportive that we need to get the fuck out of our way. So how do we do that? All right, so if you wanna know how to go about doing that, um, please join my Patreon uh, for $5 a month and you can learn how. And then we're gonna talk about, for my Patreon people, part three on how do you do self-care? How do you do self-care for yourself when you are the caretaker of people around you who are sick or maybe dying or have died? And they will also be for my paid Patreon people, okay? So I hope this was inspirational. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your love. And you're incredible. And I can't wait until we get to be able to talk about some more fun sex stuff, <laughs> which is way more fun. <laughs> All right. Love you. Oh, don't forget, you can find me on uh, My Orgasmic Life on all of your podcasting platforms. Love you.